trust the movement, I negate the chaos, uplift the negative, I'll show up at the table again and again. Welcome to Grassroot Ohio, conversations with everyday people working on important issues here in Columbus and all around Ohio. I'm Carolyn Harding, and today I'm talking with Kim Mann and Jonathan Well, organizers of the Cleveland Solar Cooperative, a multiracial, multi-class cooperative business that finances solar projects. It allows local residents with as little as $50 to make an investment in solar, joining with fellow community members to envision, develop, and own the project. Cleveland Solar Cooperative promotes an energy system built, guided, and owned by those who use it. Kim Mann is a retired air traffic controller, membership director of the Cleveland Solar Cooperative, vice president of the Fairview Park Democratic Club, and precinct leader and executive committee member for the Cuyahoga County Democratic Central Committee. Kim is active in local grassroots resistance and environmental organizations such as Indivisible Cleveland and West Shore Fact. She and her husband, Jeff, aspire to get their 70-year-old home to net zero energy and convert their yard to a permaculture food forest. Jonathan Well is the governance director of Cleveland Solar Cooperative and is an organizer of At Cleveland Owns, a nonprofit that incubates cooperative businesses. He works with groups of neighbors and workers who are using collective ownership of solar finance companies, a food cooperative, and a purchasing cooperative to demand their fair share of prosperity and grow a post-capitalist democratic economy. Welcome to Grassroot Ohio. Thank Both you, of you. It looks like you're covering the four pillars of justice environmental, racial, social, and economic with your cooperative. Can you give us a synopsis of what you're creating with the Cleveland Solar Cooperative? Why don't we start with you, Kim? Um, so as our uh, current fossil fuel production stands, um, residents that are using this energy really don't have an opportunity to direct how it's governed, how it's updated. Uh, they don't, they're kind of a captive market. And the current system, every time we pay our energy bills, our utility bills, that money leaves our communities, funnels into the pockets of, you know, shareholders in these monopolistic utility corporations and their shareholders. Often those folks are not living in your local community and, you know, circulating that money locally. And uh, yeah, so they are able to build a lot of political power. And, you know, as we've seen, like with you know, corrupt bills like House Bill 6 and that kind of thing, you know, in the end, it ends up harming us. So this needed to be addressed. How about you, Jonathan? Um, tell us a little bit in your perspective what this cooperative is about. Yeah, so happy to be here. Thanks for having us, Carolyn. Right, so this co-op is about building energy democracy. And the idea behind energy democracy is that everyday residents, people who live in places like Lakewood and Cleveland, should have a say in where their energy comes from, how their energy gets to them, what they pay for it and the impacts that that all has on the world where they live, on their environment. Um, so the Cleveland Solar Cooperative is a way for grassroots folks to come together and own something that is going to contribute to energy democracy. In this case, we're talking about clean energy assets, solar panels, mostly on the roofs of homes and commercial properties. 
and they'll own those panels and in so doing govern them in a cooperative way. So they'll make decisions together. They'll get to elect their representatives to the board. They'll get to um, decide which projects go forward and which do not. And, you know, in the process, they're building power. Like at the tip of this iceberg is uh, it's clean energy and solar. And below the water is really the, the bulk of what, where the good stuff happens, which is building a political power by coming together and, and you know, making governance decisions together and ultimately making decisions around how our energy system should work for regular people. In this case, accelerating the transition to a clean energy economy. Well, I know in our household, we um, buy sustainable energy from our provider, but we don't know where that's at. And we're not really sure, you know, how sustainable it is. Is your cooperative something like that or is it completely different? Um, so I believe that our cooperative is different. Um, I have a solar array on my roof. I, I got it through um, a buying co-op in partnership with Solar United Neighbors. It doesn't produce all the energy I use. So I made the um, option through Energy Choice Ohio, that program where you can pick 100% renewable sources for your electricity. I did that. But, you know, looking into it, AEP, the company I'm buying my renewable energy from, is another shareholder corporation. The, you know, these, these utility scale producers, you know, are we just creating the next, you know, monopolistic substitute for First Energy Solutions or Energy Harbor, I think is what they're called now. But yeah, you know, I mean, we may just be creating the next the next problem child. So this this is different because this is us, you know, owning the the infrastructure. This is us, you know, benefiting from whatever revenues come in and distributing it back out to the members of the community that are taking part in the co-op. How long have you guys been together as a co-op? Yeah, we formed in May of this year. Um, but in fact, it was almost a year before that, that we started meeting and talking. We basically started with a study group. Uh, you know, we started as most good things start, like a group of eight people in the basement of the library talking about energy democracy. And um, from there, we, we grew our group from originally starting in the, in the town of Lakewood, just outside of Cleveland, to a group, a separate group in the city of Cleveland. Eventually, those two groups merged. And when we decided to do that in about December, then we set the uh, set to working on the bylaws. It took about six months for us to write uh, the kind of 80-page document, which isn't as bad as it sounds. It's actually full of cartoons, which kind of describes what the slides actually say, so it's a little more readable. And then in May, we formalized with the state of Ohio. Okay, now, did you guys come with this up with this idea all by yourself, or have are there other communities that have done something similar to this that you've gotten um, information from or been inspired by? Yeah, there's a great group that's been doing this uh, in California. They're called People Power Solar Cooperative. I highly suggest uh, you look that up if that's of interest to you. What are they called again? People Power Solar Cooperative. Okay. Based in Oakland, California. And they're a very similar model. It's a way for folks to come together and collectively own clean energy assets, solar arrays, um, and then potentially even see some returns on their investment, a, a very modest return. It's a way to make sure that those um, assets are owned in California perpetually in a collective sense. They describe this as the commons, the energy commons. So rather than privatizing things and keeping them out, keeping them away from people, 
the idea here is that in a cooperative, you're able to extend the, the hand of ownership and create a common set of energy resources that the community then can use in the way that, that they see fit. That's a group in California. There's a separate group called Co-op Power in Massachusetts we find really inspiring. And there's a third group, Cooperative Energy Futures in Minnesota. That is another co-op that is like just doing really tremendous things around democratic ownership of energy. That's exciting that you have learned from these other groups that are on their way and um, brought it to Columbus, sorry, to Cleveland and to Ohio. And I'm just curious, how did each of you get to this place where you're working on this? Um, let's start with you, Kim. I see you're retired um, air traffic controller. Yes. Yeah. And so tell us yeah. your, how you got to this place. So uh, my journey here started, uh, unfortunately, I'm not, I'm not real uh, proud to admit this, but I was one of those people that wasn't very involved, wasn't aware of a lot of the issues that you know, we're facing in society and have really been brought to light. Uh, it was pretty much the last election. That, that kind of made me realize, wow, there's a lot of problems here that I was completely unaware of. And, and I right away got plugged in and started, you know, protesting. I mean, for me, the environment was a, a big thing, you know, as a child, the Keep America Beautiful campaign uh, with that crying Indian commercial that we used to see in the 70s, if anybody remembers that. That was very impactful, but, um, you know, life intruded and I really didn't uh, do much with that. Mm -hmm. um, but I was, I did have it in the back of my mind that, you know, we wanted to protect the environment. And so I was right away out there protesting all these issues. There were so many things, they all felt so urgent. And, and I realized I was being pulled in a lot of directions at once. And also that no matter how much we turned out, no matter how often we called our officials and said, we want to see more renewable energy in the state, they were not doing what we wanted them to do. And I realized if we want to, you know, fight climate change, we can't wait for them. We're going to have to do an end run and build that future that we want to see. I walked into the Lakewood Public Library and there was Jonathan saying, who wants to start a community solar co-op? And I had never heard of it, but I was in. Awesome. Awesome. I understand that being woke up. I wasn't yeah. always woke about these issues as well. So, hey, thank you. All right, Jonathan, tell us how you got where you are. Yeah, sure. I think this starts for me, uh, you know, growing up at a, in a home in Mayfield, a suburb of Cleveland. I learned from my parents pretty early on that, you know, caring about others was central to kind of who we were as a family. My dad's a pastor and cared for the spiritual needs of people in his church and has done so for over 40 years. And my mom um, is, a, is a counselor. Um, and cares for people's psychological needs. And so it was sort of just implicit in kind of how, how to move about the world. And that showed up for me in a couple places. Um, mostly after college, I decided to, to join the Peace Corps and uh, had a chance to live in the Dominican Republic in Peru. And that was a, a great chance for me to wake up to the, the way that injustices played out globally. And the fact that when I came home to Cleveland, I recognized that I did not need to be in the Dominican Republic or Peru to find those deep-seated injustices. In fact, you know, it's right here in Ohio, in Ohio, in the United States, that some of those are deepest and clearest. Um, and that was easy for me to see on the 2012 Obama campaign, which was my first job after the Peace Corps, um, when I worked with groups all over the city who you know, were, were struggling with real concrete material needs. Um, after going away for grad school, then coming back to Cleveland, it was a joy to 
um, yeah, be able to reconnect with many of the friends I made in 2012 and get plugged into a powerful community of activists here in Cleveland. Awesome. This is Grassroot Ohio. I'm Carolyn Harding. And today I'm talking with Kim Mann and Jonathan Well. They're both organizers for the Cleveland Solar Cooperative. And we're just discussing this exciting new enterprise. My husband and I would love to put solar on our home, but we have too much, too many trees and we don't want to cut down our trees. And I am wary of all these advertisements I've been seeing of put solar up, no money down. Mm-hmm. I am thinking it is probably corporations that want to come in and just do some kind of lease situation. And um, a lot of people are like me. They want to do it, but they don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. How do you guys take people from their first interest when they first click on your website to actually getting involved? Can you give us the step-by-steps? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and let me offer some context before I do that. Okay. One is that, that that confusion that you feel, that sense of uncertainty on how to proceed, that is built into the system. So you're not alone in that. It makes perfect sense for you to feel some sort of you know, uncertainty and, and discombobulation. That's because in around 2000, the state of Ohio decided to become a deregulated state. And what that meant was that now where power gets generated, anyone's able to generate power across the state. It's deregulated. Um, and as consumers, it's incumbent upon us to decide which generator we want to buy power from. Um, right. Now, in, in theory, there are some advantages of that. You can shop around, you know, and get the best deal. What that means in practice, though, for most people is they're not paying attention to that. You know, that's kind of a headache because you have to go make a, another decision. And so many people actually find themselves getting ripped off. And in Cleveland, one of the things we see is that people come door to door. They're often wearing like a lanyard, like they're looking very official. They've got a little uniform and they're knocking on your door and they want to see your electric bill. And they don't want to see your electric bill because they want to help you. <laughs> they want to see your electric bill so that you will choose their provider, their employer as your provider on your electric bill. Um, and, and provider in this sense would be where the energy is generated. Now, the energy then moves through the wires or moves through the gas pipes and comes to your house. And the that's either First Energy or Dominion up here in, in Northeast Ohio or the regulated utility where you live. Um, but wh- who, who generates that electricity, uh, who, who sells you the natural gas is unregulated. So that's what they're trying to get you. So, so that confusion is part of it. And that's becoming true now with solar. There are all these different kind of ways to help you get solar. And, and I can't speak to the veracity of all of them. I do know that Solar United Neighbors runs a great program. That's the one that Kim mentioned. What's the um, name? Solar United Neighbors is a nonprofit in Ohio. It's a national nonprofit with an Ohio chapter that does a great job of running a purchasing cooperative that Kim described that Kim used to get panels on her home. And I'm hopeful my parents will do the same. Um, But the truth is that most households in the United States and certainly in Ohio do not have a roof that's ready for solar, right? Mm. For whatever reason, um, either, you know, the roof's not in great shape, it's shaded, or it's a household that can't afford it, or if you just live in an apartment, you don't own your own roof, right? That's my case, I'm, I'm renting right now. Um, the point is that for most households, it's not accessible, and that's especially exacerbated when you look at that by race. So in Northeast Ohio, three out of four white households own their own home, and less than a, a third of black households do the same. So the household rate for white families is, is twice as high as it is for black households. And if you don't own your own, own home, it's almost impossible to go solar. So that's one of the problems that Kim and I sat down to try to solve when we started building the Cleveland Solar Cooperative. Um, and here's how that would work. So if you wanted to become a member of the Cleveland Solar Cooperative, 
um, what we've made it accessible to do is you can own part of a solar array by becoming a member in the co-op, which means signing a form and sending $20, a one-time lifetime fee. $20. $20, yeah. That's not bad. That's right. And, and then at that point, as different projects come up, if you choose to invest in them, once you're a member, we'll describe all the details of the projects, all the risks of the projects. And for as little as $50, you can become a, a member owner who invests in a specific project. And all the details of kind of what that means to become a member owner who invests and the implications of a long-term financial, those are discussions that we have as members that allows us to comply with the cooperative statute in Ohio. And, you know, part of that is how can we aggregate money and get more solar built, right? That's our goal here, um, especially for folks who can't invest like Kim did on her roof. If you can't make that investment, then you might have money that you want to put into solar and you don't have a good way to do it. And that's what we're trying to do. You can learn more about this. I'll put a quick plug in. I'm sure Kim has more to, details to fill in and stuff to say, but the website is clevensolar.org, www.clevensolar.org, where okay. you can see all the things I just described. All right. Thank you so much, Jonathan. Kim, can you give me the step-by-step actions that someone like me, if I wanted to become part of your cooperative, what would I need to do? Number one. Okay. Number one, the, uh, the, the way to start getting involved. First step is to go to clevelandsolar.org. We have a button on there, get involved. Uh, that'll take you to a page that outlines the three-step process. The first step is to fill out a member interest form. This is where we kind of get your name and email address and phone number and address and all that. And, and what role you're most interested in in the co-op, you know. And then the second step, we do have our member agreement. A very important aspect of the work we're doing is we are committed to centering the vulnerable populations that bear the oversized burden of our current fossil fuel system. And so we center them in our decisions as we move forward. And on that member agreement, you are committing to a just transition. Uh, the third step, you know, so, so yeah, you sign that and then you mail it back to us. And uh, the third step then is to just pay your $20 through PayPal. It's very simple. Um, and of course, we reach out. This is promoting energy democracy, just like electoral democracy. It can be lost if you don't use it. So... If somebody wanted to support this because they thought it was a good cause and just wanted to send $20 in, but really doesn't have time to be involved, you know, we're not going to say no, but, <laughs> but the project groups, um, excuse me, the project groups are the nuts and bolts of the work we're doing. And we want folks involved in that. We need all your skills. Uh, so we will contact you once you, you know, work on the process. Once you start the process, we'll reach out if you have any difficulties getting that member agreement form back to us. And, and we'll talk about, you know, what role do you see for yourself in this? What project group might you like to connect with? It's not necessarily all about putting solar arrays on. There is energy policy in Ohio that we can work to change. So some of these a project group could be advocacy for, you know, changing our, our policy which we need. Yes. Very much. Now, then what's next? After so, if you join a project group, then what happens? So project groups have their own separate meetings. CSC, Cleveland Solar Cooperative, has their board meetings and they're open to the public. You are welcome to sit in uh, and we do take commentary from the floor. Um, but 
the project groups have their own meetings so that they can focus on the work they're doing. They act independently under the umbrella co-op of CSC. You know, we the, the board, the CSC umbrella co-op is there to provide support uh, in the infrastructure that the project groups will need and um, stewardship of the whole operation. But the project groups work on their own, in their own communities. They decide where they would like these arrays to go and you know how they build their membership and all that. So, um, so we'll help you plug into one or you know if you want to start a project group, any member owner can start a project group. So if you have an idea and you wanna start one, you know, we'd love to hear about that too. And you, you know, try and support you as you start that. Hey, what happens if you're from um, Marietta or from Dayton or from Columbus and you want to do a project? Should we start our own cooperative like Central Ohio Solar Cooperative or Marietta um, Cooperative? Or should could we work with the Cleveland Solar Cooperative as a group? Yeah, you're asking big questions. I really like where you're taking this. Just to, I'm curious about this. To circle back on Kim's analogy. We've described this as a co-op within a co-op. So Cleveland Solar Co-op is the single legal entity and there's one board that represents all the membership. And then within that, there are individual project groups that essentially operate like co-ops. So a co-op and a co-op. Right now we have two, one's in Lakewood, one's in Detroit Troway, the neighborhood on the west side of the city of Cleveland. Um, we've also been talking with folks about a group in Huff and a group at Cleveland Heights. And you know we hope to become regionally relevant across all of the sides of the city of Cleveland. Um, I think it would be a board level discussion as if we're ready to do statewide stuff. I love that idea. And I absolutely would love to support, you know, I think I can speak for the board and say, we'd love to support people in Marietta to get this started, potentially as a project group of Cleveland Solar Co-op, or potentially to use the resources we've put in place to start something similar locally. So you're willing to share all the knowledge you've gotten and created. Really excited to support other groups. Yep, exactly. That's how we got started. You know, we, we benefited from the cooperation that the co-op in, in California share, showed with us and, and we wanna pay that forward. I have a question about the grid, being on the grid or being off the grid. Is this something that, are you on the grid or are you off the grid? What is it? Tell me about your group. Wanna take that, Kim? We uh, are generally hooked into the grid. When we, when we place these arrays on the roof of a host site, um, because of the policy in Ohio where we're living in first energy territory, uh, we only have the option of plugging it in behind a meter for an electric customer. And so they offtake the electricity as it's being produced, whatever is excess gets fed out into the grid. They get credit for that on their bill. And then at night, of course, when the panels aren't producing, they pull from the grid and they get billed for whatever excess they take from the grid. So, so we are on the grid, we are on the grid. And there is, there is an option uh, once you get outside of first energy territory, for example, Cleveland has a public power uh, company and they are not held to those same rules. They could put an array in an open field, hook it right up to the grid and distribute virtually to the, the owners of that array proportionate, you know, their production of energy and get, they can get credits on their bill. Um, but we don't have that option in Lakewood. We're through first energy. So that's one of those policies, like you said, we need to work on. 
Okay, now here um, we have solar panels, arrays, gardens. Are you using all three? Yeah, we, or we kind of flip between those terms. Usually an array would be on the roof, a garden might be on the ground and might have wildflowers growing up underneath the panels. Uh, we're a little loose on how we talk about array versus garden versus farm. Okay, how can people contact you and get more information? Yeah, the website's the best spot. If you're looking for an email, and that, that website is www.clevelandsolar.org. The best email, I think, is info at clevelandsolar.org. That's, that's an email address. You can, you can send us a note. Um, yeah, that's the best Great. way to do it. And um, what's been the most surprising asset of doing this project together? The asset? Mm -hmm. um, I would say it's actually the people that are taking part in this. Um, this is a very dedicated group of individuals that came together for whatever reason they approached this project. And they, there's an incredible amount of energy and excitement around this effort. Uh, so I think that that's, that's our greatest asset at the moment as we build momentum. And the more people that hear about this, the more we're hearing people say, this is such a great idea. I want to be part of this. So, you know, I really value that. I'll definitely be part of sharing this. Excellent. I'm happy that I, I know about you. And how about you, Jonathan? What's a big asset for you? Yeah, I think two things come to mind. One is not only the, the people that, that Kim mentioned, but how we relate to one another. So we're really working hard to build a shared leadership structure and a really democratic governance model. So what that means is that we share roles. You know, we, we take turns on who's facilitating and who's taking notes. We also leave space for reflection and we, we save time at the end of every meeting, for example, to debrief kind of how that meeting went so that we can continuously get better and, and grow as, as individual leaders and as a group. And then the second part is the way that the communities come together around this. We've had tremendous support. We have, I think, 30, 35 members right now who've, who've you know, contributed and are committed to the just transition principles that we've laid out and who are working hard to pool our expertise and essentially, you know, start building solar projects. Um, we have our first project that we hope is going to become live in the spring. We have some paperwork yet to sign, but everybody's on board and I think we're, we're moving in the right direction. And then, and we've had support from legal aid and other folks who really given us what we need to, to see this through. That's been inspiring. I think there is energy to mobilize around climate justice and I'm glad to be with Kim and part of that. Hey, well, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been illuminating. Pleasure. <laughs> thank you, Carol, and it's been a pleasure. Thank you. In addition to our Friday 5 p.m. broadcast on WGRN.org, Grassroot Ohio will now air on Sundays at 2 p.m. on WCRSFM.org, 92.7 and 98.3 FM Columbus, and at 4 p.m., on WEJPLPFM, 107.1 FM, Wheeling, Moundsville, West Virginia. You can also find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to Grassroot Ohio, 94.1 FM, WGRN.org. We air Friday nights at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you can listen to all our previous shows archived on the top post of our Grassroot Ohio Facebook page. There's a time to listen and learn, a time to organize and strategize, and a time to stand up, fight back.